Hello, and welcome to One World, One Health, with the latest ideas to improve the health of our planet and its people. I'm Maggie Fox. All of us here on planet Earth are facing problems such as pollution, climate change, and infectious diseases both old and new. All of these problems are connected. This podcast is brought to you by the One Health Trust, with bite-sized insights into ways to help. Superbugs are among the biggest threats to humanity right now. Evolving bacteria, viruses, and fungi kill more than a million people every year and contribute to the deaths of millions more. It's not an easy problem to fight, but people do know what to do. Careful use of antibiotics, antivirals, and antifungals can help prevent the pressures that drive microbes to evolve into resistant forms. Good hygiene can help prevent infections in the first place, Vaccines also protect against many infections, and new and better antimicrobial drugs can be developed to fight these infections. Together, these actions are called antimicrobial stewardship, but it's hard to be a good caretaker or steward of these precious drugs in low- and middle-income countries where the problem is worsening fastest. In this episode, we're chatting with Dr. Azra Hassan, the head of academic programs at the One Health Trust. She's a clinical microbiologist who's working to educate professionals about antimicrobial stewardship. Azra, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Maggie. Pleasure to be here. Azra, research is showing that antimicrobial resistance is on the rise fastest in low- and middle-income countries. Why is this happening? So drug resistance has been happening all over the world. Yes, with the low and middle income countries. So one reason in low and middle income countries is lack of legislation and uh, the availability of over-the-counter antibiotics where anybody can go down and get antibiotics without a prescription. So that I think is one of a major issue to, to tackle. The other one is that a lot of spurious antibiotics are being manufactured. What do you mean by spurious antibiotics? Spurious antibiotics are antibiotics of low quality, counterfeit antibiotics, which do not have the required quantity to fight the bug. So a patient would think, okay, I am taking the antibiotic in the correct dose, but actually that dose is not reaching. So the bacteria or the bug there is having a nice time, doesn't get something that can kill it, but then it starts proliferating instead. Other problems with drug resistance is that because drug resistance is such a complicated topic, you know, anybody who says that uh, he understands drug resistance well actually hasn't because this problem is multifactorial. It's not just injudicious use of antibiotics. There's so many things that affect uh, drug resistance. It is, you know, um, sociopolitical factors, poverty, sanitation, literacy levels. So all of these things, because they affect drug resistance, is a problem with low and middle-income countries. So can you tell us a little bit more about this term antimicrobial stewardship? You hear it a lot. It's, it's a term used as a shortcut for a whole suite of actions and policies, I think. Is that right? Yes. I'd start with, you know, WHO's global action plan on drug resistance for low and middle income countries has certain objectives. And one of them is uh, optimize the use of antimicrobial medicines, basically use antibiotics correctly. And antimicrobial stewardship is just that. A steward is somebody who takes responsibility of a task entrusted to them. And antimicrobial steward would be somebody who would use antibiotics responsibly and take care of it, manage it well. And why is this so hard? You would think that a physician or a pharmacist, this is literally their job. Why are they doing such a poor job now? 
The pharmacist is not aware of stewardship practices. The pharmacist does not know that drug resistance is such a catastrophe, doesn't know that it is a crisis. So the first thing, the first objective, like I was talking about the WHO's Global Action Plan on AMR, the first objective is education of making people aware of what drug resistance can do, what the consequences can be, the impact can be so bad. That is why, you know, the pharmacist does not know that just lending out antibiotics like peanuts is going to affect our future so badly. And I guess they're just trying to help. People want to help. They're just not helping in the right way. Yeah. So the thing is that in a poor country, the pharmacist is the first access to medicines. A poor person may not be able to go to the hospital and just has to reach the drugstore and get whatever medicines he or she can. And uh, a lot of medicines dispensed out of a pharmacy are not wrong because they have this experience and practice. And, you know, even non-traditional practitioners of medicine, sometimes they are prescribing correctly, but a lot of times they are not. Can you tell us a little bit about your work at the One Health Trust? Can we talk about the course that you're planning to conduct with the British Society for Antimicrobial Chemotherapy? I'm the head of academic programs, and we have a lot of educational programs uh, which tackle and which deal with global health. And antimicrobial stewardship course is one of them that we are rolling down in a few months. This program basically addresses the cause of resistance, adding stewardship practices to it. And we have engaged a very experienced group of uh, antimicrobial steward experts from around the world as faculty. So we partnered with British Society of Antimicrobial Chemotherapy uh, to provide uh, very useful resources and educational material. Uh, we, ha- we are coming up with a web page where all these resources will be available for free. And during the course, we have on-site faculty coming in and teaching and training the participants. So the participants will learn about scientific and behavioral aspects of how stewardship works and how to use antibiotics judicially in their work settings, in their hospitals when they go back, and how can they set up an antimicrobial stewardship program in their hospitals. It's one thing to teach doctors to do this on the ground, but one of the things you have been talking about is that governments have to get on board with this too. Do doctors have a role in convincing their governments to do more? I wish that would happen. I do not think that they really have been have done a good job till now. Governments need to engage themselves further down with us, with doctors and with people who care about drug resistance. But the commitment uh, falls short. Funding that the government uses on health is really low. They have to increase funding. They have to increase their dedication, interest, and priorities should be aligned with the priorities of fighting drug resistance. So the Indian government has done a lot of, has come up with a lot of uh, legislations, such as the National Task Force or the Chennai Declaration and surveillance programs, etc. They weren't effective because the governments keep changing every five years and then the commitment starts wearing out. One government is interested in something, the other one is interested in something else. So basically, you know, things just fade out before getting implemented well. Government spent this time, uh, it's going to spend just 3.2% of its GDP on health, even lower than what it was previously. And uh, so, you know, as political commitment fades out, and so does, uh, so do laws and programs like this, you know, uh, cannot take momentum. So Azra, in India, where you live, what have you seen happen when people are overusing or abusing antibiotics? When my father was here, I had a physiotherapist coming in. 
and he said oh he needs to go back to the village and then he said oh somebody is ill i need to just go so i said who's the doctor over there and he said i'm the doctor so what are you going to give the person so i'm going to give vancomycin and vancomycin is one of those drugs which are like the reserve drugs and we just cannot use it without you know proper prescription and it's toxic and the you know pkpd the has to be measured So he said we prescribe vancomycin very easily in the villages and he is a physiotherapist. So we have a huge problem of uh, unregulated prescriptions. That story really illustrates the problem right there. Cuz he wants to help, right? This guy wants to help. He thinks he's helping, but he doesn't have all the knowledge he needs. He knows enough to know that vancomycin is a very powerful antibiotic and it would be only natural to think powerful antibiotics. he would have seen a few people get better with those antibiotics and he thinks okay now i have a wonder drug in my hand exactly and he doesn't know he's actually doing harm or could be doing harm anyway the impact of drug resistance has not registered even with people who are educated somebody had come visiting and i was just talking of drug resistance and he said yeah 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 we know if you take a drug then we become resistant to the drug so then we have to take another option you know this is like educated people were talking and so we have so many people who live in poverty and have not got a formal education so you could imagine the problem right and they don't understand it's not you becoming resistant it's the bacteria in your body becoming resistant yeah yeah this is coming from educated people with you know having a 10 certificate they think that they are resistant to the bacteria and so they need to move to the next antibiotic or need to go to another private practitioner who will write another antibiotic for them so this is how it's going and the private practitioners when you go and talk to them they say if we don't write down antibiotics for a viral infection for example the patient will walk down to the next private practitioners and we lose our money that's a problem in developed countries as well patients demand antibiotics and physicians eventually you can watch them walk out and go to someone else or you can give them what they want that's true so private practitioners usually you know start prescribing as wanted by the patient and a lot of them don't even go for lab tests because lab tests are expensive a lot of it is based just on clinical judgment and that judgment may be wrong So that's the overall problem there indeed because especially in low and middle income countries you can't get the test to see what the patient's infected with to even know if an antibiotic is appropriate or if they should get an antiviral or if there's nothing you can do then you don't even know which one they're infected with to know which antibiotic to use and there's not the overall surveillance to even know what's circulating No we don't have enough data we don't have funding to conduct that surveillance and then how do you follow up because there is no record there's no documentation and that's why like i said government should go step by step let them first regulate the tertiary government hospitals they are huge 2600 bedded 3000 bedded hospitals with a footfall of almost 20000 patients coming in and going out so at least those hospitals are regulated and our course is aiming to train doctors coming from those government medical colleges Azra, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Maggie. Pleasure to be here. If you like this podcast, which is brought to you by the One Health Trust, please share it by email or on social media, and let us know what else you'd like to hear about at owoh at onehealthtrust dot org. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to One World One Health, brought to you by the One Health Trust. I'm Ramanand Lakshminarayan, founder and president of the One Health Trust. You can subscribe to One World One Health on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
follow us on social media at One Health Trust One Word for updates on One World One Health and the latest in research on One Health issues like drug resistance, disease spillovers, and the social determinants of health. Finally, please do consider donating to the One Health Trust to support this podcast and other initiatives and research that help us promote health and well-being worldwide. Until next time.